Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 67. So today I'm talking about information. I'm talking about how to challenge the way you think about your knowledge and the information that you share in your programs. And stay tuned to the end. I'm going to share some news about a special course I'm running on this very subject in October. Now, don't forget, last week I was exploring listening. I shared with you the four different levels of listening and talked about which ones you might be employing in your museum programs. Then I shared seven ways that you can improve your listening skills. So this is a must listen if you want to improve your engagement on your programs. So do go back and listen to episode 66 if you haven't already. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you like this podcast, please do go and give us a five star rating. You can do this on Apple Podcasts and it really helps. If you really love it, you could also write us a short review. Thank you in advance. So back to information. As I said way back in episode 12, so long ago now, I shared six best practices for sharing information. And as I said in that episode, many of us are experts in our field. Some of us might be art historians or historians or archaeologists. We might have an incredible amount of knowledge in our heads and we want to share that knowledge with the groups we lead in our programs. But sometimes having that knowledge can be a burden. It can weigh heavy on us, knowing what information to share, when to share it and how to share it is tricky. You know, how much is too much, right? How do you know this? Or perhaps we might feel that we're doing our participants a favour by sharing all that we know about a subject with them. And that perhaps it might be a disservice if we didn't share that knowledge with them and cram as much as we could in during our time together. After all, they are there to benefit from your knowledge, right? But today's episode, I really want you to change or challenge the way you think about the knowledge you have. I want you to think deeply about the information you share, about how you view information and about whether you view it as a powerful tool for engagement and creating curiosity. So let's start by looking at some problems with sharing information. Let's see if you recognize any of them or you've experienced them or seen them, or you might have been guilty of doing some of this yourself in the past. So number one, memorizing information and transmitting it in rote fashion. So this includes dates, facts, figures, and everything you remember. The delivery might sound as though the information has been memorised and perhaps it's just being regurgitated. What about problem number two, giving information in one big information dump? 
So this is when you are on a roll and you start oversharing. You may not even notice that you're doing. You're so enthused by your passion for the subject. You get excited by sharing your knowledge and you go off on a monologue sharing everything you know. Now, you're so engrossed in your subject that you don't notice your participants starting to fidget and look away. You've lost their attention. The energy in the group has disappeared. How can you get it back? Or perhaps number three, sharing information too fast or perhaps worse still, too slowly. So this is when you don't think about pacing and you share everything much too quickly or too slowly. Again, are you reading the group? Are you seeing how they're responding to the information? You really have to give people time to process information. A few minutes you need to give for every single piece of information that you share. Otherwise, they get overloaded. If you speak it too fast, our brains can't cope. And if you're too slow, we're mentally trying to get you to speed up. Okay, number four. The fourth problem with information sharing is perhaps when you're doing all the talking and not you're not allowing any interaction from the group or between group members. This is when you have so much to share that you really don't want to encourage any responses or questions from your audience. It would stop that lovely transmission of information to everyone and they would miss out. But with this, you're really sending a signal that you don't want interaction. Um, and this will stop people interacting with you. If you don't encourage interaction within five minutes or so of a program starting, people start to get apathetic about contributing and they'll tune out and they'll wonder whether there's any point in saying anything. Okay, the next problem with sharing information is sharing information that is irrelevant to the theme of the program. So you may think of this as bonus information that you're sharing out of the kindness of your heart, but it's not. Unless someone has specifically requested it, don't share it. Information needs to be organised, relevant and enjoyable. Don't go off on tangents. And the last problem, sharing all the knowledge. So this is for the uber specialists out there, those that have a pet subject, a passion, a specialism. They decide on a whim to download their entire back catalogue onto their audience, thinking they are sharing the benefit of their wisdom. But unfortunately, it's just too much. So I've seen all of these over the years and you may or may not identify with some of them. You may have seen them in action or parts of them at least. Some of these examples may seem quite extreme, but they still exist, believe me. The number one reason I'm brought into museums to do team trainings is to provide tools and techniques to stop that team sending or transmitting information to their audiences. Quite often this will be skills-based classes on techniques, so questioning skills, facilitation skills, or it might be learning my method, visible thinking in the museum. But I'm increasingly being asked to provide training on how to handle information in a more productive and strategic way. Now, many museums will focus on providing content training for their teams, 
rather than skills or method-based trainings. For example, every time a new exhibition opens, the team will get an overview of the information they need to know and share. But do they get tools and ideas for how to share that information? And perhaps what information might suit certain age groups or specialist groups more than others? And what about when to share that information? Most likely not. So I really want to challenge you today to think about the way you view information. I want to challenge your existing mindset. So let's look first at what a mindset is. It's the lens of how you look at things. So it's your outlook, your worldview. It's an expression of a belief that you hold. And it's a kind of a fundamental belief that shapes how you see things. Now, Carol Dweck wrote a seminal book about mindset. You may have read it. And this book shared her decades of research in, in the field. She talked about fixed and growth mindsets. And she coined these two terms to describe belief systems about our ability to change, grow and develop over time. Now, here's the important part. If you realise that your mindset is just the expression of a belief, then you know how to change that mindset. You just need to embrace a new belief. And by challenging yourself with new experiences, new perspectives, you can form new neural connections in your brain or mindsets at any point in your life. So in this episode, I want you to think about how you view information. So I'm going to ask you a few questions to think about. Now, if you like, you can stop the podcast and write down some thoughts. So here's the first question. How do I feel on a gut level about the way I share my knowledge in my programs? What works well and what could I change? Okay, the second question. I want you to think about a time recently when you shared some contextual information in a program. How did you share the information? How much information did you share? And what was the reaction from the group? And lastly, what role does information play in your programs? How much does it matter to you? Now, I'd really love you to take some time to think about your responses to those questions. It will be illuminating, I can assure you. So if you've had time to do that, now you've had a little bit of time to think about how you really feel about information and how you share it with others. And you can think about whether you need to change or challenge your mindset. Now, if you're ready to take the first steps to rethinking about the way you work with information in your programs, there are three important things to focus on. Now, when you're sharing information, you need to think about the what, what information I'm going to share, the how, how am I going to share it, and the when, when am I going to share it. So those three things, that framework, the what, the how and the when are so important. And it's all about balance. 
in your role as a facilitator, you need to strike a delicate balance. And that's a balance between providing information and knowledge and getting participants' own views, own experiences. You need to remember to establish connection before content. That is, connections that you make with your participants, connecting them with the object or artwork and connecting them with you and with each other. You need to strike a balance between managing the group and maintaining a feeling of openness and discovery. Now, in some programs, we place so much emphasis on the delivery of content, information or knowledge or perhaps linking to a school curriculum that we forget that we're also helping to develop skills and aid personal discovery. I mean, the skills we can develop, such as observing, describing, comparing, contrasting and so on. And so we need to think of information as another tool in our toolbox and a powerful one at that. It doesn't need to be brought out all the time. We need to use this tool at appropriate times. So I'm asking you lots of questions today to really try and stimulate thinking about how you feel about information. And you may not feel the same way as I do, but it's important to understand that there are lots of different perspectives out there because it will help you to understand your audience better. And actually, your audience may all have differing attitudes towards information too. So here are two more questions to think about when you are challenging your information mindset. Okay, first question. Can information help to deepen and enrich participants' experiences? If so, how? And the second question, does information prevent a more personal experience with an artwork? If so, how? So think about those two questions. Really reflect on how you think about information within a program and within different types of programs too. And here are some of my thoughts to end with. Now, I don't believe that information is a problem in itself. It's what you do with the information. I think that information should be added when it doesn't stop the free flow of ideas and when it can help with understanding. I think it should be offered in small amounts and at the right moments. And I firmly believe that if your programme is based purely on information delivery, your participants will soon realise their participation is irrelevant and they'll tune out. Information is a tool and we should share it productively and strategically. So how do you feel about information? Have I challenged your mindset? Have I given you food for thought? Sharing information that is engaging and memorable without overloading your participants is a great skill to master. So that's it for today's episode. But before you go, don't forget to join our Facebook community for the podcast, The Slow Looking Club. I've put a link in the show notes too. So thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye.
you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.